Welcome to episode 44 of Lil Muck, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. This is a tiny slice of the Muck podcast where we talk to people in the media and politics about their favorite stories or experiences. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Today we are interviewing Senior Director of Reproductive Rights at the State Innovation Exchange, Jennifer Driver. Hillary, tell us about today's guest. Jennifer Driver is an award-winning reproductive health rights and justice policy and advocacy leader with nearly 15 years in the field. Her work centers on addressing systems that add burdens or barriers to accessing full reproductive health information and services, paying particular attention to communities of color, immigrants, system-involved youth and LGBTQ communities, a dynamic trainer, presenter, and spokesperson on reproductive health rights and justice. Jennifer has been featured and quoted in national media, including the Washington Post, Vogue, the New York Times, Rewire, The Hill, CNN, the Harvard Political Review, MSNBC, Politico, and the Muck Podcast. (laughs) She's also recognized, was also recognized in 2019 as one of 50 impactful creators, artists, and activists by Bitch Media. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Okay, so today, let's first start off with, um, can you talk about the systems that have added barriers to reproductive health? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I often talk about is when folks were viewing reproductive health, they were looking at it as kind of a singular issue and not looking at the larger kind of social issues that our country was grappling with. So one of the barriers that I mostly link to is uh, the right to vote, right? Um, I, I talk for a lot of, about being from the South and how if you look at over the last two set work sessions um, at state legislatures, uh, the right to vote has been really chipped away. Now, this didn't happen over the last two sessions. It was just one of the things that I, I keep thinking about of, of how much you know, so many anti-voting laws had been popping up in, in states. And at the same time, access to abortion was being chipped away, right? So we looked at 2011, where um, access to abortion um, had, there were so many anti-abortion um, bills that were in state houses. And then in 2020 and, and 2021, 2022, we saw the same thing. And same was voting rights, right? So mm-hmm. um, the right to vote uh, goes hand in hand with um, how people can have access to reproductive health care. Those states with some of the most restrictive voting um, laws or um, anti-voting bills are some of the same states that have anti-abortion legislation uh, that has been introduced. And so that's one of the, the um, strongest barriers that I kind of link to um, as when I talked about, you know, reproductive health laws. Yeah, and, you know, I've never... Um really thought about that uh, issue, like putting them together like that. Um, That's really interesting. And you recently wrote an article on uh, how building state power is how states can ensure abortion access, because now we're seeing on the federal level with the attack on Roe. So can you talk about what that means? Yeah. So when folks are running for state office, you know, there's a lot of endorsements. They get a lot of materials. They get all of this information and then they come into the state house and they really don't, there's no playbook that says, here's how you're um, become a state legislator, right? There's just this assumption that, you know, you come into office and um, you have the, the playbook and, and you know what to do. Um, and so what, one of the things that we do at the State Innovation Exchange is work with state legislators after they've been elected um, to help them understand kind of 
what it looks like to build power with and for the people. Mm. Um, and so we think that's really critical. So I oversee a program on the Reproductive Freedom Leadership Council, which is nearly 500 state legislators across the country who are committed to advancing reproductive health rights and justice. We recognize that without building state power and ensuring lawmakers have the tools they need to enact policies their constituents want, the consequences for, say, abortion rights will be nothing short of disastrous. And we already see that that's happening, right? We see the over um, that the Supreme Court is likely to um, overturn Roe v. Wade. And what happens um, if we think back to kind of the state session, state legislators, um, especially anti-abortion state legislators, were really hedging their bets of the new makeup of the Supreme Court while um, legislators on, you know, who were fighting to protect um, and expand abortion access really had their hands tied, right? Mm. The, the makeup of, of, of how our state houses were, whether they were gerrymandered, the makeup of how state legislators, um, legislatures had really moved further to the right, which made it really hard for those um, pro-abortion, you know, pro-reproductive health rights and justice legislators to, re to get legislation passed and moving. And so what we talk about is how we build power with state legislators to give them the tools and resources to impact um, these policies that their constituents want. And we know that an overwhelming majority of people in this country want abortion to be protected. Right, right. Sorry, the, the other one thing that I will also mention is, you know, we know that protecting legality alone is one step. State legislators now actually have a duty to be unapologetically, yeah. um, unapologetic in their protection of abortion access and ensuring that people everywhere um, will, you know, need to understand that what's going to be a very confusing landscape um, once the Supreme Court overturns Roe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I, I can't imagine. It's going to be a disaster. But even as a state legislator, this is not the time to be shy about where you stand on this. Like if you, if any, right. you know what I mean? Like this is the time to stand up because it's, we, it's the last line of defense for women or anyone else, anyone with a uterus anywhere in this, in this country. I mean, we live in Florida. It's, it's a, it's a hellscape yes. for uh, <laughs> reproductive rights and it's terrifying. And uh, you know, there's no more pussyfooting around, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it, you stand up and you stand for it or get, get out of the way. Cause we don't have time anymore for this. This is not, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's so frustrating to watch this for the last 30 years, you know, like that we're at this point now where, where people, well, I don't know well, if you're a rape victim or if you're in, no, just get, yeah. stand no. on the right side of this or get out of our way. It's, and it's get, life or or get out of the way. Yeah. That's really what we want you to do. Yes, it's be life a part of it or move out of the way. Yes, we um, don't. I don't have time for your your hemming and hawing. Yeah. Like this is it. This is it. We're at the we're at the finish line here, or really like maybe the starting line for fighting. But still, it's like it's incredibly frustrating. And it's going to take generations, right? To yes. recover from where we are in Absolutely. this moment. And to your point about hemming and hawing, right? I'm I'm kind of over the where we're using all of these. Um, all of this long verbiage, just to say the word abortion. I really love what Renee, Bracey Sherman, when we testify, always said, just say the word abortion. I mean, right. What are we doing here? Just say yeah. the word. Um, and I think that that's so important. You know, one of the things we also try to do is get our state legislators to share their abortion stories. Yes. Right? It's through sharing of your stories where we're changing narrative, we're removing stigma and shame around it. There is no shame in having an abortion. Right. And let's start sharing our abortion stories and saying the word abortion. Right. Yeah. 
And I, I really think that men need to step up and share the stories their, that they've their been involved experience in. yeah. that they've been involved in too. Yeah. Uh, Cause we, you know, I, I men hold the hands yes. of women in these relationships, whether it's a one night stand, a marriage or fiance, whatever it is, a relationship, they, right. make they, that are, decision. they are impacted by the abortion story as well. And they should step up and not make, you know, it's funny. Cause you say, just say abortion. Cause I really feel like language is such a major part yeah. of everything we do. Like uh, as far as work, but like we've been saying reproductive health, I think to kind of make this look a, like a little bit of a prettier situation. So people who can't say abortion, fuck this. It's abortion. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's abortion. It's yes. it. Yes. That's it. And that's and it's a part of our, our health. It's part of our health care. Oh yes. God. I'm so I, I you know, I know this road decision's coming and I'm I've all like I was furious three weeks ago. I can I'm, it's coming back. I, I can, I'm gonna burn this house down. Like I've I've had it. I've had it. Uh, we recently took six legislators to Mexico um to do kind of this fact finding mission for how um mm. Mexico, the policies in Mexico um, we're really advancing as ours in the U.S. have progressed. One of the things that was so telling was that um, one of the activists in Mexico had said for a long time the U.S. had been this beacon of other Latin American countries for the ways that we've um, progressed on um, abortion access in this country. And she said, and that's no longer. Oh my you know, God. it is time for the U.S. to be looking to Mexico for how we are wow. um, providing yeah. access to our country. And I, I really appreciated that, right? This Absolutely. imperialist attitude that we've had that the U.S. is somehow better than other countries when it comes to our health care is completely false. It, it's, you know, our maternal health rates are extremely high. Black women are you know, you know, four times as likely to die um, and from a pregnancy-related complication than white women in this country. And, you know, and so when we went to Mexico, we learned how in Mexico City and in Guadalajara and Monterrey, that abortion was is just a part of their everyday health care, right? The government uh, in Mexico City pays for people to have abortions. It is like going to a, a dentist or a mental health provider. Right. It is just a part of health care, and it's not stigmatized or shamed in a way or politicized in the way that we have done it here in this country. God, it's ridiculous. I, yeah, it, it really and is. And to me also, it, there's something about a woman and her sexuality that's involved that's right. so Puritan and backwards too that's really obnoxious. You know what I mean? Like, especially coming from lawmakers who, uh, from I mean, we cover on our regular Muck episodes, are, <laughs> are, can be pretty you know, not Puritan, you know right. what I mean? And like yeah. the fact that they even want to step into my bedroom and tell me anything right. is, is, is and laughable. Many, and many are often hypocrites. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. Right. So how would this, uh, you know, th this work that you're talking about, like how does, how do these restrictions really impact uh, like the LGBTQ community, for instance? Well, you know, it's interesting because it, we'd say all of this about, we have to constantly remind folks that LGBTQ folks um, have abortions, right? right, right. That uh, the abortion rights is not just a cisgender issue. And you see so many people get offended and um, just up in arms when you start talking about that. Um, you hear when uh, Dr. Ishika Robinson from Alabama was testifying before Congress, there, there's always that question, what is a woman or um, how do women, you know, and, and wanting you to define and have this binary. And so when we leave out or we're only looking through the lens of this binary, we're leaving out a large swath of the community mm -hmm. who, who, are, who have abortions. Right. Um, and so, you know, um, I think it's really critical that when we are enacting legislation, we're doing policies, that we are 
um, firmly saying and uh, affirming that LGBTQ folks have the right to the full range of reproductive health care, and that includes abortion as well. And it, what we see is um, this othering that's happening in states, and that has happened for a very long time, right? So Florida and their don't say gay bills yeah. and, and how they're like popping up into other states. Mm-hmm. It is a very targeted um, response to um, secluding and, and, and really discriminating against uh, LGBTQ folks um, as it relates to abortion. When we talk about it, I, you know, I've done sex education in schools and communities for a very long time. I, that's how, kind of how I fell into this work was moving comprehensive sex education in, in districts and at the state level. And the, the large fight just to have LGBTQ young people represented mm. and seeing themselves reflected in sex education. And it's the same thing when we see um, LGBTQ folks reflected in healthcare. Um, and when we don't name the fact that LGBTQ communities can and do need abortion care, it's that removal um, where they're, you know, you're not being seen, you're not getting the health care that you need. And it, it is detrimental um, and costly. Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, everything comes down to sort of politicizing these issues. And do you think we can ever move away from politicizing reproductive health? Or is there a path to do that in this country? I mean, I think there is. I think it's politicized um, even more because uh, Republicans and anti-abortion folks, if if we think about over the last 10 years, when state legislators had the opportunity to um, address key structural things that needed to happen in their state, economic um, or pay equity, um, economic justice, um, you know, responding to racial injustice in their state, housing, Mm. What do they do? They turned away from all of these critical key issues because it didn't rile up the base, right? Mm-hmm. But the abortion fight was one that really riled up the base, and that allowed it to continue to be politicized to see who could go the the hardest, who could mm. out anti-abortion the next state legislator, who right. could be the most anti-human, right, mm-hmm. um, in the state house, and that allowed it to and that allows it to continue to be politicized. And to your earlier, to our earlier conversation, when we're not saying the word abortion, when we have an administration that, you know, stumbles and really kind of, you know, um, refuses to say abortion, Mm -hmm. that's when you have the issues, right? That allows it to be politicized. So I really just wish Democrats would stop saying that this is um, the wedge issue or, you know, some sort of, um, they're always just kind of making this like, this is kind of treated like a side chick right yeah that abortion is like over here on the side nobody wants to be the side chick i want to be the main person and we should move abortion front and center and know that it will be fully back if we just lean into it yeah and that's how we we kind of treated abortion well here's the thing uh we're the only of these two of this unfortunately two-party system we're the only party who's actually supposed to give a shit about reproductive health (laughs) right we're the only democrats are the party that's supposed to actually stand up for abortion and so if you're going to back anti-abortion right thank you henry quayar henry Quayar. you know so if so if 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 you're gonna if you're the that's what really boggles my mind about democrats i'm telling you i'm i'm very close to stepping out of this party i can't take (laughs) not to go to republicans but just get i cannot align with this But like, you know what I mean? Like if you as the only party who's supposed to have my mother back cannot have my back and can't say abortion 
at a microphone. What, yeah, what are we doing? What, are, what am I supposed to do? You think I'm going to scramble to like get votes for you and like work for you? No, I got I to gotta protect myself, my daughter, everybody else around me. Like, this is crazy. You're supposed to be the the one party that the stands for up it. for us. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's a, it's a pillar of the party, but people seem to forget that. You know, and oh, but see, the response from them is like, oh, don't worry, just vote harder. What the fuck does that yeah. even mean? <laughs> Who knows? Like, that is not an option. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you know what? It's so stupid. It's so, and it's so, um, not a political football. Again, this is life and right. death. Yes. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about the future, the impact of a future of a person. Right. And it doesn't make and sense generations. To me. It's generational. And we have right. this this was supposed to be done. Like I can't believe we are still doing this. Like this is supposed to be over. And here's the the Jennifer, this is the part that really kills me. The 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 way that they're like the, I mean, we work very closely because we sit on a caucus for an LGBTQ uh, caucus here in South Florida. What what really blows my mind is that when this whole thing came out, like the leak of Roe v. Wade being overturned, it's like, oh, they're also not mentioning they're going to overturn marriage equality. And everybody now is concerned. Like everybody's concerned about all of these rights to privacy right, that's going to be overturned. Right. Like, excuse me for a minute. That's how fucking important Roe v. Wade is. It will impact right. every community. So if you're not fighting for abortion access for women and anyone else with the uterus, you now you're going to pay attention. You should have been paying attention when women's lives were in danger. People with the uterus were, lives were in danger. I'm so sorry that it's also going to impact your community but like how about stepping up for us how about doing that because women show up and fight for you every single place we ever go it's time it's past time like this it's over now like what are you gonna do like it's this is not a political football this is my life we're talking about you know i mean they, they do it for a lot of i mean it's it's abortion and they do it for a lot of issues right it's every time there's it's time to vote start voting they go and pander to it yes to do yeah i they let's get the black vote. Yeah. Here are the things that you should care about. You care about policing or you care about, mm. uh, you know, crime. We also care about reproductive health rights and justice because the ability to even parent, decide mm. to parent or not to decide is a really key fundamental, you know, um, uh, issue for us. Right. Yeah. And so um, I, one of the things that I often think about is like, man, I don't know if I want to carry a, a child and, and bring, I, I would be terrified to parent um, in, in communities today. I, I don't I know. know how black women do it. I know. It's a lot. And we have friends and then who, just even being asked who say to, that they to, don't want, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to even right. consider that having but, a child because of that. But even being, you know, when people are like, oh, but there's adoption, but even asking someone to carry a child oh, is, yeah. you know, that alone is, psychologically physically impacts a person's body and if they don't want to go through that they shouldn't have to right i mean folks who have like people who are have been adopted right people will let you know that adoption is not the solution Mm -mm. for abortion access we need abortion access and yes we need you know young people kids whoever to be adopted but adoption is not the replacement for abortion that near it just needs to stop yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I, you know, a lot of, because it's political, it's so much is a, of it is about language. Like we're talking about saying abortion versus reproductive health, all of those things, but the same thing with like adoption versus like, it's just, it's the, it's the, the burden that you're putting on someone when it's, it's unnecessary. There is something we have healthcare, we have abortion that's available, right? It's been made legal. I don't understand. Supreme court already did this. Why right. are we revisiting this? It doesn't, but with you that know. rhetoric, we have, you know, the replacement of fetus with baby and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's an orchestrated effort to 
change the science. Yeah. You know? So what can the average person, the average citizen do to help protect abortion access in their communities? Yeah, the one thing that I, I often say is we've, we've, spent, we've spent a lot of years ignoring state legislators. We've spent a lot of years ignoring um, municipal governments. Uh, and we've put all of our hope on Congress and the courts. You know, what can the courts do? What can the administrations do? When really our focus um, re- should be localized. We need to look to see um, what's happening in our, at our municipal levels. Um, is abortion access being able to be expanded there? Mm. Who are our elected um, state legislators? Are we electing state legislators who are going to, um, you know, protect, expand access to abortion in states? Uh, because that's where a lot of the movement is, is happening. Um, so one, you know, pay attention, really localized um, in your localized uh, setting. The other is, you know, I will always advocate for um donating and, and funding abortion funds. They are the ones who are going to be providing uh, and have been providing a lot of the care for people seeking abortion. And they're going to be really um, heavily needed once Roe is overturned. Uh, and so donating to your local abortion fund rather than like these big, the big girl um, reproductive um, rights organizations. And those are kind of the two things. And then talking to your family about, mm. I am, I guarantee there's one in three people or one in four now, whatever the number is, people who have had abortion in this country, talking to people in your lives about whether or not they've had an abort rate. I guarantee, you know, someone who has had an abortion. That's right. kind of the saying that Ray Dabrishing Sturman came up with. Everyone knows someone who's had an abort or everyone loves someone who's had an abortion. And it's very true. And so having these conversations in our homes and our communities and our our, our network uh, also, you know, uh, reduces the shame and stigma. It allows more people, it allows abortion to be humanized. Um, and so we're having those conversations with our loved ones. Absolutely. Those are great. I mean, I mean I, speaking of municipalities, I'd like to mention, it, we live in Broward County, Florida. We have friends, um, Commissioner Nancy Mateer and Commissioner yes. Sabrina Javiana, who work on the local level and in their cities um, have and gone around to other cities in Broward County and had them pass ordinances which protects uh, abortion access for women and anyone else with uterus in those communities to be protected, yeah. which is incredible. It's incredible. And I mean, we live in a blue county, but still, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing that they, they, they're doing that work, yes. you know? The other thing I will also say is, you know, there are structural changes that we need to make um, in state legislators to make sure that they are more responsive to the needs of um, women, communities of color, LGBTQ folks, immigrants, um, people struggling to make ends meet that have left a lot of people shut out of the democratic process for mm. a very long time um, and have been able to allow for these unpopular policies like abortion restrictions to take place. And so we need to begin to start transforming our state legislators to make them more representative of the electorate um, who they serve. And that allows for more progressive policies to be um, put forth. And so what that means is we need to start by um, increasing the pay for state legislators uh, and providing funding to lawmakers so that they can hire support staff. I can tell you the number of state legislators who are just themselves and I'm providing support to them who have no staff. Right. Um, moving to full-time legislative sessions, the amount of anti-abortion legislation that has been able to pass in these 60-day sessions is mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a lot of these 
legislators are working part-time in their community. They're paid very little at all. One legislator was saying she makes $500 a month just from serving in the legislature. And there's some that don't get paid at all. And mm. so I think, you know, what this means is it allows for disproportionately wealthy white right. people, yes. um, people who are able to take on these more financial risks to run for office. And it's not reflective of the community's um, and the lived experiences of so many in this country. And so that's what's really um, driving the, the makeup of state legislatures. Oh, my gosh. That, that is mean, so yes, true. Yes, it's so true. And, you know, it's so funny because we live in South Florida and Tallahassee, where our capital is, is in North Florida. It takes seven hours to get there. Who the heck can get in and take, a, like, two days off of work to get up there right, like, right. and, like, and advocate for themselves or the community? The sessions. Yeah, it's too yeah. much. I mean, it's uh, there should be a better. I love this full-time session. My gosh, that's such a brilliant idea. Think about how much work could actually get done if it was a full-time session. You know what I mean? And not right. 60 days. Oh, I love this so much. Yeah. I, I love that idea. Um, okay, so finally, in a perfect world, what does a- abortion access look like to you? Oh my gosh, in a perfect world, can I do reproductive? Like in a purple, in a perfect world, abortion access means I can go. I do not have to drive, you know, three hours, mm. four hours, for days to get an abortion. It means I don't have a waiting period, an unnecessary waiting period. I don't have all of these unnecessary. Um, barriers and restrictions um, to uh, getting an abortion. It means what Dr. Jamila Parrott says. She talks about how politics has no place in, in uh, medical practice, right? And so I can have an honest conversation with my doctor. Who's, it's me and my doctor having, uh, deciding what, and, and helping me decide what the best care for me. And it's my decision, not a legislator or any type of political interference into the decision that I make for my reproductive health care. And so um, abortion access also means that, you know, we remove the Hyde Amendment and allow mm. for Medicaid and federal funding to cover abortion access so that people who are struggling to make ends meet, anyone, there's no barrier um, to being able to pay and get the abortion that you need. Oh, my God. I, I hope and hope and hope, uh, Jennifer, that this is something that will be possible for, you know, the, the young women and, and, and people with uteruses. Yeah. That I, I, it would be incredible. It also means that young people have access to abortion, right? There's not these, these barriers to young people who need abortion yes. to, to get the abortion care that they need. It means that LGBTQ folks who need abortion care can get it. And so that when we're having um, that comprehensive sex education is, you know, um, well-funded from the federal government. It is in the classrooms and young people are learning um, about abortion and, you know, from as part of comprehensive sex education uh, as part of the full range of reproductive health care. Um, and it means that people who need multiple abortions aren't stigmatized. Right. Even if you need multiple abortions, wonderful. Get the multiple abortions that you need so that there's no shame and stigma around having multiple abortions. You know, listen, uh, here's the thing. I, I'm too busy. I, I, my, I'm minding my own business over here. You know what I'm saying? If you live your life, you want access to abortion and that's the way, you know, it's something that you need for yourself. Why would that even be, why would I, you know what I mean? Like, I just find it so fast. It's, it's un- endlessly fascinating to me that anybody, anybody in a legislative, legislating office 
would want information. You know what I mean? Like, it just makes no sense. Right. Why would you want to be in that decision with right. a, a patient and a doctor? It doesn't make Find sense. Your own business. It doesn't make sense. The world, like, I, I mean, Florida is a, is failing everyone on every level. And this is what you want to focus on. It makes no sense. We have the, we're in a terrible housing crisis. We are at crisis. the edge of climate <laughs> crisis. Like we are in a major, we're failing here. And this is where you want to be in the doctor's office with me. I mean, my goodness, right. you've got too much time on your hands, honey. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't get it. It's just absolutely astounding to me. Um, I got to tell you, I love your passion. It brings me so much hope. I, I'm, you know, I'm constantly hopeless in this world, like with politics. At least I think I pay too much attention to it, to be honest with you. But I, it leaves me like I feel stranded. And I know that there's good people like you out there doing this work. And so you have no idea how much we appreciate that uh, so much. Thank you. Yeah, it's so incredible. Thank and, you. And can you let our listeners know where they can um, find you online and uh, find uh, about uh, more about the organization that you work with? Sure. So I, I work for the State Innovation Exchange, um, also known as SIX. We are, you can find us online, www.stateinnovation.org. Um, I am on Twitter. You can find me at um, underscore Jennifer driver. Um, and that's where you can find me. All wonderful. Right. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And whenever this decision comes down, please know that we are with you in solidarity crying somewhere. Yes. So thank you. We will <laughs> all be in this together. And yes. but like, so the, the one thing that I will say is that it is going to be devastating when Roe was overturned. Roe, we know was never enough. Mm. What I think is, um, the optimistic part of this is that mm. we have the ability to build back um, I'm not going to say build back better. We have the opportunity, <laughs> <Thank> to, <you. laughs> the opportunity to rebuild um, and transform and have the reproductive justice vision in this country that so many have been fighting for for a, a very long time. And so there's an opportunity to really rebuild and build something that actually works for all of us. Mm. Now that is what I'm yes. talking about. That's See, yes, I mean, yes, yes, I need it. I need to hear that. I feel a little okay. Yes, yes. I'm here. I'm here for the rebuild. I mean, Me I don't too. know how many more years I have on this planet, but I, you better believe that every second of it is going to be towards towards fighting for this because yes. it's important. That's and, right. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for thank coming you on. Both so much. Uh, this will be coming out. Let's uh, see. I think it's July first. Yes, definitely. Uh, so we will tag you, and um, you know, once the episode comes out, and you'll be able to share. All right. Have a great Thank weekend. You Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. If you want to learn more about this week's guest, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast and on Twitter at Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you. 